Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. I have had several of you reach out lately, sharing your stories of success, and really want to say, Thank you for sharing your vulnerability with us. On our most recent episodes, we talk about overcoming domestic violence with Faith Conaway and how to keep your love on with Danny Lee Silk. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our previous episodes, I want to challenge you to do so because they are filled with valuable tips and action steps that you can make to be the best version of yourself. So go on over and visit Lip Talk Nation and there you'll find so much. You'll find our blog, coaching, and much, much more. On our show today, we have entrepreneur, chef, and motivational speaker, Kanaya Burnett. Kanaya certainly knows what it takes to become successful after facing many difficulties along the way. From being overworked to overcoming partial paralysis, Kanaya shares her tips for success wherever she goes. Her success is based on staying focused on her why. Welcome to the show, Kanaya. How are are you? I am fabulous. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me on the show today. Kanaya, I am honored to have you on the show. I know a little bit about your story. It is inspirational to myself, and I just had to have you on with Lip Talk Nation so that they can glean value from you. So I've had the pleasure to get to know your story, and I, like I said, want Lip Talk Nation to hear it too. But before we share what you've overcome and, and how all the tough circumstances that you faced, will you share with us where you are from and how you got your start? Well, I am from beautiful, sunny San Diego, California, and um, my start starts in the third grade, actually. I was introduced by a wonderful person who I, I don't even know, but I'm so glad he came into my life. Uh, this gentleman, he was a, the owner of a music store, and he came into my classroom in third grade and showed us all these beautiful instruments. And immediately, the one that attracted my eye was the one, of course, that had the most buttons and seemed to be the most difficult, and it was the saxophone. And at the time, you know, Bart Simpson was very popular. Lisa Simpson was playing her horn, and it just resonated to me. I, I saw this girl playing this instrument, and when I saw it in class, I knew that was the one that I had to pick. And immediately, the story started from there. I asked my family could I get an instrument? And, you know, my family always believed in me. You know, my mom had me in commercials as a kid. She had me modeling as a kid. You know, she believed that I had a talent, and she exposed me to this world of of light very, very young on, and I knew that I had something inside of me. And so to be able to, to, to take on the saxophone, I thought was going to be, you know, challenging, but I thought it was going to be a challenge that I could handle. And not only did I, I, I begged and I begged and I begged, but I finally convinced her 
let me get one. And um, coming from a low-income neighborhood, you know, we already had five kids in our family, and it was pretty difficult, you know, for us to be able to afford anything. So when she surprised me (laughs) after months of begging for this horn, I I was so honored to actually have it and um, took it to class. The class had already been playing. Everybody else already had their instruments. And months later, when I finally came in with my own, um, I was just gracious to be there, finally to be able to play. And eventually, uh, a couple of weeks after having it, um, the irony of living in the neighborhood we lived in, it struck and my saxophone was stolen from our home. And so my father, who my mom and my dad were not together, my father surprised me by buying me a new saxophone. And he told me, you know, I had to cherish it. I had to make sure that this one did not get stolen, whether it was someone who came in our home and took it or or if I, you know, being a young person at the age of eight, owning a saxophone would lose it or be irresponsible. So at a young age, um, I was given the responsibility of making sure that I, that I honored the gift that was given to me and that I took pride and ownership in having it. And, um, you know, the one thing that my mom instilled very early to my older brother was that if I wanted it, that he couldn't help me at any rate to, to take it, hold it, pick it up or do anything. I was the one that had to be responsible. Now, considering we took the bus to school, I had to walk about a mile home every day. That journey, it was long. It was a long, long journey. But she told him, if he ever helped me bring it home, if he carried it at least once, that she'd have it taken back to the store. And so from a very early age, I learned that if I was going to have anything in life, it was going to be difficult but I would be able to have things if I was able to stand up on my own two feet and be able to, to truck up that hill the way I was supposed to, the same way that I would usually have to truck up in life. But you don't learn that until later on. So I would cry. <laughs> I would sit down. I'd put the horn down. and it, It'd take me about an hour to get home. But I'd get there every day. I'd carry that, that box up the hill, but immediately created a determination inside of me. And through that, being in the music industry was something that I eventually wanted to be a part of. And I was blessed at the age of 15 to transition myself into being a professional musician. And I did that up until the age of 18. And I toured, played on different stages around the country. And eventually, I learned that being a young person and not having family that is in the music industry if you don't have people to support you or know how the business works, it can get tough very, very fast. I started realizing that some of the people that were in this industry that, you know, saw my talent and wanted to expose my talent were also willing to exploit my talent for a lack of education. And so I quickly decided that I would put the horn down at the age of 18 and I would transition into the business side so that I could learn more about what it was that I was doing. So from there, I met a gentleman in college this is when I was 19, and this gentleman was uh, working for the record labels, and he told me that, you know, I could come and I could work with him and I could learn the music industry by being on his street team. And I was like, great, you know, this is the closest thing I've got, so let, let me go. And the, the ability to be working with him every day eventually turned itself into me learning that. Being a part of a street team wasn't just handing out flyers and promotional items, but that I was actually doing marketing. So I learned a new craft without even knowing that I was learning a new craft. 
And I asked him, you know, how can, how can I go? How can I shift this from being, you know, the person that's eating the 99 cent burgers to the person that's eating, you know, lobster and steak for lunch the way you guys are? And he told me the way that that happens is you got to learn how to write proposals. You know, how we acquire these accounts is because we write, you know, submissions to different companies and they give us a budget. And so I took that on and I would stay after. I do way more than the other people on the street team. And eventually I learned the art of writing these proposals. And that itself turned into a business. And I started making a name for myself. People started finding out about my ability to write these proposals and acquire these accounts. And it shifted, and I was uh, offered the opportunity through this same gentleman to work for an amazing family by the name of Tony Gwynn, who is a Hall of Fame baseball player. I was introduced to his wife, Alicia Gwynn, and she hired me to be a personal assistant to her to work with her record label, Basic Records, at the time. And the experience that I got from being with a woman who was as powerful and as strong as she was in the city of San Diego, allowed me to craft myself into a businesswoman, which eventually landed me an opportunity of working with larger companies like Vitamin Water, uh, Nike Golf, Nike Women. And, you know, through all that, my marketing experience and, and my name itself started to get around the industry, and I just started building from there. Kanaya, I really want to point out a few things to Lip Talk Nation about your story and how you got your start. First of all, you were at third grade when you were introduced to music and, and specifically instruments, and you fell in love with the saxophone. But what happened, I want to point out to Lip Talk Nation, is that determination grew in you at a young age. Discipline, responsibility, and experience. You have such a journey most people um, can just only dream of, and you were such a go-getter at the beginning. I want people to understand what they're about to hear with the rest of your story, because you learned how to be responsible. Your dad said, if you want it, if you want this, you're going to have to learn how to carry it. You have to learn how to be responsible. And that is resonating with me so much. And I wanted Lip Talk Nation to grab a hold of this and how it's going to set up for the rest of your story. Look at you already learning how to market at 19 and 20 years old. Most people don't do that. So with that, Kanaya, I know that you have a passion. You just already shared that with us to help others and also to help yourself. And I want to know specifically, how did that passion begin? Well, you know, the passion began um, on the top of Cow's Mountain. It's a very famous hiking trail in San Diego, California, and it was 2011, this was after a host of tragedies that we'll discuss. I made it to the top of that mountain. It was about 8 o'clock in the morning. And I said to myself, if I could climb this mountain, considering the things that had happened to me, that if I was able to do that before I even started my day, that not only should I be able to tell people the story behind why I was so excited about climbing that mountain, but the fact that I was able to do it based on the things that had happened to me, that I should share it one day. When I got my strength fully back, I should be able to be strong enough to share my story with other people. 
Kanaya, I am so glad that you climbed that mountain. I'm glad that you chose to do it back in 2011. Yes, uh, we now want to talk about those obstacles that you said that you had to face to get to even that point. So clearly, you have become a successful woman and a shining light for many. But before we share those tips, tell us about some of those obstacles or life circumstances that you had to overcome. Well, in 2005, after some time in the industry, I had shifted over from corporate marketing and I addressed my passion um, of being in the music industry and I got in the position to do artist management. And on the way to a video shoot, uh, I was in a car. We were driving in Los Angeles. Uh, the irony is it was my best friend's graduation present from college. And uh, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were on our way to the video shoot. And myself and the artist were in the car, and I was rear-ended. And it was it was a tragedy. The lady that was with me, she ended up sustaining a broken arm and, and a head contusion. I myself ended up with a partial uh, paralysis. Um, at the time, I was partially paralyzed on the entire left side of my body. And for the first time in my life, um, I looked at my own feet, and I couldn't feel them. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize you get up, you're healthy. Like myself, I would wake up and run three miles a day. So that was something that I just I banked on every morning, getting up, running a couple miles, and getting on with my day. And that day, like any other day, I woke up. Uh, my brother and I, we ran three miles, jumped in the car on our way to that video shoot. And by 11 a.m., um, I was actually no longer able to walk. And on my way to the hospital uh, with a neck injury, um, currently still three loose vertebrae, and the entire lower back um, of my muscles all torn in half. And so it created something that I had never had, which was the ability to look at myself in the mirror and not really know myself anymore because I couldn't do anything for myself. And it, it really took a lot out of me. Not only did it crash my bank account, it killed my finances, it literally killed my career all in one incident. And... It took many years to to find myself again, to be able to restructure my finances, to be able to restructure my career, and just to build faith in myself again that I could do something and not have to depend on other people to help me put on my clothes, um, cook food for me, just the basic necessities of life that were taken away within that incident. You know, but through that time, as I was getting things together, um, I ended up meeting a gentleman who is now my ex-husband, but, you know, we, we met, we loved hard, we got together, and, and we decided that we wanted to marry one another. And before we ended up getting married, we were blessed with the opportunity of getting pregnant. And like any woman, you worry, uh, you know, am I going to be able to be a great mom? Am, am I going to be able to bring a person in the world and make a difference to this individual? And I was so excited. My family was excited. We were definitely wanting to bring this new life into the world. But shortly after my pregnancy began to progress, I ended up losing my first child. And so a second tragedy had struck in my life. And, you know, most people don't realize this, but 10 to 25% of all pregnancies end in a miscarriage, leaving one out of five women with high anxiety or clinical depression. And so immediately another shift change, another another tragedy struck to where I had to try to build myself up again from a place that I never knew existed. You know, 
hearing your child's heartbeat but never meeting your child is such it's such a an eye awakening experience because you think when you get pregnant you'll eventually meet your child. So to know that I had a date set that I was looking forward to meet my child and to know that that day came and went was something that to this day I still live with. And, you know, we we didn't really know what to do as two young people suffering that tragedy. And so we eventually moved our wedding up and we just got married at the Justice of the Peace. We figured, you know, if we didn't have our child, at least we had each other. And so through that time, we got strong and we, we tried to, to make the best of things, but it never really got back on track, you know, our relationship. And so eventually we were blessed again with a second pregnancy. And this time, you know, the, the joy was there, but we also were very cautious because of the first pregnancy. We really didn't know what was going to happen. But as time went on, things progressed and I made it into my second trimester and as I went to go and do, you know, normal checkup just to make sure that everything was good, uh, we arrived and we looked and we listened for a heartbeat, but we didn't hear one. And so, again, for the second time, we were struck with the tragedy of losing our second child. And so, already from the first pregnancy, now going into the second with these tragedies on top of one another, it really just demolished what we had built in our love for one another. And also in our love for ourselves, we really as two young people didn't know what to do. And so as a result of that, we ended up divorcing in 2009 and we went our separate ways. And I myself had to pick myself up from absolutely nothing and just go back, move in with my parents and try to figure out what life was going to give to me. Lip Talk Nation, did you hear Kanaya's story and the tragedies that she faced? And it seemed like it was one right after the other. First, there was this car accident, which caused partial paralysis on the left side of your body. So Kanaya couldn't feel her toes, like she mentioned. Then she got pregnant but then had a miscarriage after hearing the child's heartbeat. And I know many of you out there listening have experienced this very same thing. And I want to reach out to you and I want to say be brave because there is hope. Kanaya is going to share the rest of her story, but I want you all to know how vulnerable that she is to be able to share with us valuable action steps that we can take to overcome tragedies. So not only did she face a miscarriage, she faced another miscarriage. And then she faced clinical depression. Kanaya, there's a lot of the listeners out there that are facing even that alone. And so with you experiencing so much in your life, I know that you're going to be able to encourage them. So it's not about the darkness. It's about overcoming the darkness. So Kanaya, I know that you faced these obstacles and I know that you overcame them. But will you share with us what you were telling yourself during this time, especially in your darkest hours? Basically, what were the lies that you believed? Well, you know, immediately I thought there was something wrong with me. It wasn't that something could be wrong with, you know, with the baby, because how could there be something wrong with this innocent life that had nothing to do with it? You know, we as two people in love with one another were just being in love. We were working on building a marriage and building a family, and that's what we wanted. And you immediately start telling yourself, well, it has to be me. Something must be wrong with me. And 
there's not really a solution or a place that you can go where you feel you to be fixed when you think you're the problem. And the only thing that I could honestly say at that time was I'm so glad and grateful to my mother for being a strong Christian woman because she let me know that if you put faith where faith needs to be, that at the end of the day, everything will be just fine. And I remember her mentioning to me the scripture at 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, where it says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to men. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But along with the temptation, he will also make a way out so that you will be able to endure it. And he did. I would literally sit down with my head down, and I just keep reminding myself and keep telling myself, he's only giving me what I can bear. He knows I'm strong. If I wasn't strong, he wouldn't be able to let me go through this. And maybe I need to be the person to tell others that they need to be strong and have faith. Whether they have faith in God or faith in themselves or faith in their family or faith in their own strength, the reality is that they just need to have faith. They need to understand that they can endure any and everything. We're so much stronger than what we think we are and what we know we are. You know, the human mind, the human brain itself is the strongest thing, the strongest muscle that we have. And in those times when you're telling yourself those those mistrusts or those misbeliefs that you might be giving to yourself, thinking that you're weak, you're not. You're actually very strong. The fact that you woke up in the morning should be something that lets you know how strong you were because there were some people that didn't wake up this morning. And if you did wake up, make the best of that day. Be alive. Be aware that you're alive. Take that strength from waking up. Say thank you the second that your eyes open, that you get another opportunity to try and try again. Kanaya, you have pointed out so many things that follow along with Life in Purple and our philosophy and how we teach people to believe in themselves. But I really want to point out what you said during your darkest hour. Lip Talk Nation, Kanaya thought that there was something wrong with her. How many of you are facing this same thought right now? You feel like maybe because you had a miscarriage, it was your fault because, of course, it was this innocent baby inside of you, and so there must be something wrong. That's what you're thinking. But I want you to grab a hold of what Kanaya just told us. Do you know that she talked to herself and said, I know that God thinks that I'm strong. Did you hear that she was talking to herself already? And then she's so thankful for her mom saying, put faith where it needs to be. How great is that? What you're mentioning to us, Kanaya, is that it's so important to have support and that we talk good things to ourselves. You're challenging us to be aware, to be alive, and to say thank you for whatever God has given to you. Lip Talk Nation, that's what I challenge you to do as well. It's to be thankful. So Kanaya, I would love for you to describe that defining moment, if you will, when you decided to conquer the negative voice within and take control of your life. Well, you know, it goes back again to my mother. She was so gracious at the time of transition for me. She allowed me to come back to her home broken with my my car full of things (laughs) and just rest. And she told me, "Just, just rest. Just take a minute to yourself. Go in the back room, unload your car, don't think about anything, think about yourself, 
take that time. And when you take that time, make sure you take the appropriate amount of time. She said, the one thing you can always be sure of is that you can always come home. I may not have a lot for you, but I have a home for you. And I appreciated her for allowing me to do that. Because I know some people don't have that option. Some people may not have their families or their parents alive and well with them, or maybe not even have a relationship with them. But my mom has always been my rock. And she told me that I could come back and that I could enjoy the space that she had for me, which was a spiritual environment. And she told me that I needed to take the time in that spiritual environment to regain myself, re-strengthen myself. And so I did. I literally was standing in her kitchen and I was looking out over the city of San Diego and I had this moment where I looked over at the stove. And since I was a child, my number one passion outside of music has been cooking. And when I looked at that stove, I had realized that no matter the opportunities that I had lost, whether it be from bad business partners, a failed marriage, being actually in this accident that destroyed my finances, none of that mattered. The one thing that couldn't be taken away from me was my ability. And the ability that I had was my ability to cook. And so I decided at that very second, I was going to use everything that I had ever learned, everything that I had ever acquired. I was going to put it all into my food. I was going to take the fact that I had learned corporate marketing from amazing people. I was going to take the fact that I had learned the opportunity to build a business from the ground up, working with companies like Vitamin Water in the early years before they got purchased by Coca-Cola. I was going to take every single thing that I had ever learned from working with Alicia Gwynn, being a part of an independent music label, being a part of a legacy that the Gwynn told in the city of San Diego, and understand that I myself could build a legacy, that I myself could build a business, that I myself could build me over again. And I looked at that stove and I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cook. Not only am I going to cook, but I'm going to make a business to where I share the one thing that no one can ever take away from me, which is my passion. And my passion for food allowed me to create a company, a fast food company, pun intended, because through my marketing ability, I know that it's shock value that gets people interested. Now, we all know fast food is unhealthy, but I knew that I could market healthy food and a healthy lifestyle, and I would be able to regain my stability by doing so. So I took it, and I built it, and I made sure every single thing was going to be based off of that. My grandmother, who is such an influential woman in my life, always told me, you can't give people money, but you can never deprive them of food. You may not have all the money in the world to give them, but you can never not offer someone your food. And so for that, I said, you know what? I'm going to break bread. I'm going to share my ability to cook with everyone who needs to eat. Every business relationship that I'm going to build is going to be built over a good meal. Every time that I talk to somebody, the first thing we're going to talk about is food, and then we'll get to business later. But I knew I had to build something first but it was going to be built out of that stove. I was going to cook it up. And I immediately 
named myself Chef K because I'm always cooking up something. So I said, I'm going to cook up my future. Kanaya, I absolutely adore your mom and I haven't even met her, but I am so glad that she allowed you to come back home. And I love how you pointed out she let you come back home broken and rest. And it sounds like to make it simple is she allowed you to feel. You needed a safe place to feel so that you can process everything that you have gone through. But your defining moment, it's so inspiring that you looked at a stove. You're looking at the stove and you're like, I remember my first passion and it was to cook. And now you're taking all the experience, the responsibility, termination, discipline that you developed when you were a small kid and a young adult. And look at you now, that defining moment. I'm very in awe with you right now, Kanaya, how you said I can build a legacy. Lip Talk Nation, I'm challenging you right now for that to be one of your positive affirmations. Kanaya said, I can build a legacy and I will start my life over. I'm so honored, Kanaya. Thank you so much. So I know, like you just said, that you're a huge fan of cooking and fitness. So what would you love for the listeners to understand about how important it is to take care of yourself on a mental and a physical level? Well, you know, when I did come back home, the things that I had, which were very few, included a pair of old running shoes, and a jump rope. And when I was a child, there was a program called the Jump for Heart program by an amazing gentleman by the name of Buddy Lee. And he came to my school, and at the time, I didn't realize, you know, who he was or what he was about, but I just remember this gentleman was bouncing around on his buns, and he was bouncing around on his buns with a jump rope. And I said to myself, now that's cool. (laughs) I mean, I'm young, but I'm looking at this guy. He's doing all these amazing tricks, and he had young people with him. And they were just expressing to us, like, how important the jump rope and health and fitness were and how, you know, taking the time to jump rope could be relaxing, but at the same time could be the most beneficial fitness exercise that a person could actually have. It's one of the oldest exercises out there, but at the same time, it's one of the most beneficial exercises. And through that education, I was also taught that it is one of the only exercises that requires your body and your brain to work at the same time. And so coming home fully broken and and having nothing, no money to go to a gym, no money to have a trainer, I set out on this mission. And this mission for me was to take that jump rope, take that visual that I had got from when I was a child and just start jumping. And, you know, over time, the depression started to lessen. The fitness, the cuts in my arms, the the calf muscles that I was so used to having from from being a, a young runner as a child, they were all starting to redevelop themselves. And including that with a healthy diet, it started to actually change my physical appearance which started to change my mental position. And I would recommend to anybody out there, if you're going to take the necessary steps, some people take pills, some people go to therapy sessions, and, you know, however you deal with however you deal with your issue is your business. But I would say this, take an opportunity to take the time to build yourself. I lost over 62 pounds without a diet, or a trainer. I took that jump rope. I took the necessary aspects of eating a balanced meal 
and just giving myself the appropriate time, me time, me time, and I'll say it again for a third, me time, to build me. And it made the me that you're listening to today. To this moment, I actually am blessed and honored to not only have used my career and my strength of getting back on my two feet to see myself now as who I am, 62 pounds lighter, but that opportunity also afforded me the opportunity to meet Mr. Buddy Lee himself. So 20 plus years later, after seeing this gentleman from when I was a young person in elementary school, here I am now working with Mr. Buddy Lee at Buddy Lee Jump Ropes, actually supporting his company and working with him and having the opportunity to tell him of how his jump rope changed my life. If it wasn't for me finding that jump rope in my trunk, and it wasn't a Buddy Lee jump rope at the time. It was actually an older rope, but him meeting him and getting the jump rope and him taking the time out to give to me, to teach me and train me how to use that rope correctly. Not only did I reach my final weight goals, but it showed me that it doesn't matter. It can be the smallest of things, but if you give light to even the smallest of things in your life and you follow what you feel is right, you'll not only get to places you never thought you could get, but you'll be a person that you never thought you could be. Okay, Love Talk Nation, did you hear how important Kanaya said you need to have me time? She said it three times, and you know what she did? She went out to the back of her car, got her old tennis shoes and her old jump rope, and she started jumping. And when she started jumping, Kanaya, I love that you pointed out that you immediately started getting mental clarity. Lip Talk Nation, how many of you need to take that action step? What's in the back of your car or what's in your garage? I know that you can start moving. That is so important. And I thank you, Kanaya, for challenging us to do that. And then you lost over 62 pounds without dieting and without a trainer. That is very, very impressive that you did that. Because of that determination you practiced when you were a young girl, it's still coming through, Kanaya. And then you got to meet Buddy Lee. That is so cool. And you get to work with him. I want Lip Talk Nation just to soak that in right now. You followed the prompting inside of you to start taking action for yourself. You certainly represent discipline, Kanaya. Thank you for sharing your story with us. So we are huge fans of positive affirmations. You've already shared a few of them with us, just with your other answers. But do you have a mantra that you live by? Or do you say any more positive affirmations that you would share with us? Well, one thing that I say to myself every single day is in life we have been given two days. In life we have been given two days to live. Today and tomorrow. But tomorrow is not promised. Therefore, we must make the most of today. Boom. I love that. Will you say that one more time for us? Of course. In life we have been given two days to live. Today and tomorrow. But tomorrow is not promised. Therefore, we must make the most of today. Lip Talk Nation, be in the moment. You're exactly right, Kanaya. We must be present for today. You have challenged us so much already by saying that you can build a legacy. I want Lip Talk Nation to say that. And I love the mantra that you live by. I love how you take action. And I love how you lead by example. 
So most of us, regardless of our passion, started out as fans of somebody else's work, and I think I know what your answer is going to be, but who were some of your inspirations that prompted you to start this journey? Well, the person that prompted me to start my journey was my grandmother. Her name is Martha Odom, and last August, she had her last days with us. She was the mother of 14 children. She had 21 children in total with my grandfather, and she was the most amazing person that has ever lived on this earth. When I was younger, I would look at lots of people on television, and I would say I wanted to be like them. But that was until I got to see how strong my grandmother was. She was born on a plantation in Bastrop, Louisiana. She was the first person in our family to attend college. She was the head cheerleader at Grambling State University, and she lived a full life. Every person that she ever came in contact with, she showed them love, even in my darkest hours. And I thought no one cared. She called me, and she told me to keep my head up and to remain strong. It told me it doesn't matter what room it is, you walk in with your head up. And you walk to the front of that room with pride. And you don't let anybody tell you that you're less than what they are. Because we're all human and we're all imperfect. And if anybody has ever known my grandmother, they could see the light that would literally radiate off of her. She was so strong. And even through her last days, she waited until every one of her over 200 grandchildren, she waited till every last one of them came to see her before she took her last breath. I've never in my life met a person stronger than her. I've never met a person in my life that gave more than her. And my last moments with her, when it was just her and I, she screamed all night long. And this is after she had lost her ability to talk. Her and I were in her hospital room, and she said, things got to change. And I felt as if she was talking directly to me. She was sleeping at this time. She really wasn't even awake. But all night long, she screamed in her sleep, things got to change. And I knew from that minute, not only did I need to change my life, but I needed to be exactly what she was to the world and more if I ever could be. And that's the reason why I decided to share my story today. Kanaya, you certainly are living her legacy. Your grandmother sounds like a hero that we all need to look up to. She was the perfect example for you and now the perfect example for Lip Talk Nation. Sharing her love, she was the first one in your family to go get a college degree. Kanaya, I hear I hear how much love you have for her, and I want Lip Talk Nation to grab a hold of this. Even though she's passed on, her legacy has been born and renewed inside of you, Kanaya. I really appreciate you sharing your story. There is so much value here, and probably this is one I'm going to go back to and listen to over and over again because of how much strength that I hear in your voice. So with that said, Kanaya, thank you. We're loving you so much. I'm hugging you, and I want to move on to what we 
we call a lightning round. Kanaya, thank you so much for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us. Now it's time to move to this part of the show and we get to know you on a fun level. And these questions are simple and easy to answer. So just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready, Kanaya? Yes, ma'am. Here we go. If you could have a superpower, Kanaya, what would it be? I would love to be able to blink my eyes and open them and be wherever I imagined I was. Ah, what a superpower. I want to do that today, too. Boom. Love it. How do you like your coffee? I like my coffee as close to chocolate milk as I possibly can get it. So I'm definitely going to say cafe con leche. Tons of milk, tons of sugar. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Okay, what is your most embarrassing moment? Oh, man, most embarrassing moment would probably be going snowboarding for the first time, having no idea what I was doing, having my best friend's dad leave me at the top of a black diamond and tumbling my way all the way down. Oh, man. Did you get hurt? I was great. I had a concussion, but <gasps> believe you me, after that, I've been snowboarding every single winter since then. Oh, okay, good. So it didn't kill the love of snowboarding. Good. Yeah. Okay, are you a shoes lady or are you a purse lady? Definitely shoes. Definitely shoes. Love it. Me too. All right, what is your favorite movie? Love Jones. I don't think I've seen this one. Awesome. Okay, let me just give you the premise for this next question. I almost asked it too soon. So there is a little debate about this going on. I ask all my people that I interview, and there's been quite a debate about it. But how does your toilet paper roll, Kanaya? Is it top or is it bottom? My toilet paper is from the top. <laughs> I get that from being at hotels with uh, the point. It has to have the point. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a new answer. So it's it's the top and it has to have the point. Lip Talk Nation. So if Kanai ever comes and visits you, you better make sure you have a point on your toilet paper. <laughs> I love it, Kanaya. Okay, thank you so much for letting us get to know you on this fun level. But Kanaya, do you have any final tips or advice or encouraging thoughts for our listeners who are going through their own struggles but are wanting to conquer them? Um, as far as tips and advice, the best thing that I could say is to remember that you have the power. You know, success literally hides right behind fear. So don't think for a second that you can't do it. You can, but it literally is hiding right on the other side. So if you're afraid to peek, go over, go under, go around, you're not going to ever feel that you can find the success. You have to really be willing to go over the fear, around the fear, or under the fear to feel what success feels like. You have the power within you. Excellent, Kanaya. I couldn't say that any better myself. You have the power, Lip Talk Nation. Success hides behind fear. Excellent challenge for us to grab a hold of. All right, I have a business question for you, Kanaya. What advice or pearls of wisdom do you have for those who are building their own business, even when faced with rejection? The best thing that I could um, tell anybody, and this is, you know, after last year, I got licensed as a financial consultant. 
I would tell everybody, do your best to learn money. It's easy to earn money, and it's also easy to lose it. But the best thing you can do in life is learn money. Money made off of money is the best money there is. Always know that if you yourself take the time to educate yourself on what it is you really want or what it is you're seeking, and if we're all out there working hard, for the most part, we're all out working out for money to pay our bills and to take care of ourselves. So the best thing that I could do right now is tell everybody, take some time and go learn how money works. Excellent, Kanaya. Thank you. Do your best to learn money. I am doing that myself. So Lip Talk Nation, I challenge you as well to go and learn money because it's easy to make and easy to lose. But if you educate on it, you're going to know how to keep it. Thank you, Kanaya, for letting us get to know you on a deeper level. I know your story and valuable tips has been an inspiration to myself and Lip Talk Nation. So will you share with us where we can find out more about you? Yes, uh, you can go and you can visit us at www.thefastfoodco.com. That's T-H-E-S-A-S-T-F-O-O-D-C-O.com, thefastfoodco.com. All my contact information is there. I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with anybody about creating an amazing diet for themselves or how to come become financially free in this amazing world that we live in. Thank you, Kanaya. I have been inspired today, and I'm sure many who are listening to this episode will be writing in, and I can't wait to give you the feedback. So it really has been an honor to have you on the show, Kanaya. Thank you for spending time with us at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure hearing your story and letting our listeners glean value from your experience. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a friendly review. And for Android users, send me a quick email to lara at laurasbragg.com. We appreciate you, Kanaya, and we'll see you soon. And as always, what you say is what you become.